history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. If you go back and type in the internet is a fad, you'll find all these news articles of how everyone literally was making fun of the internet, how it would never be a thing. It is literally the internet happening again and this opportunity is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I want the community to grasp it and really take control of it. Hello, I'm Jordana Borenstein and welcome to That's So Meta, a podcast where we will explore all things related to Web3, NFTs, cryptocurrency and the metaverse. Well, metaverses, actually. The goal is to be a bridge between the world we currently live in and this dynamic, fast-paced and fabulous world that's emerging and being created every single day. Through fun interviews with awesome guests and experts, we'll take complex ideas and simplify them in a super light-hearted way. We'll learn together, laugh together, and get far more savvy about everything related to Web3 so that we all feel confident taking a giant step into this wild new world as one. Please note, the discussion and information in this podcast is not financial advice. I repeat, it is not financial advice. It is for entertainment and education purposes only. Joining me today is Joshua Raya, the founder of NFT for Noobs, which is Australia's largest community for NFT beginners. NFT for Noobs creates awesome daily content across their socials to help inform and educate on the latest news and developments in NFTs, Web3, crypto, and the metaverse. And they have helped onboard hundreds and thousands of people into the NFT space. In case you're wondering, the word noobs is a shortened word for newbies. Joshua, thank you so much for joining me. I love that you are here. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start with the very fun basics. How would you explain an NFT to a five-year-old? And I know that you love Batman, so can yeah. you use a Batman analogy? Yeah, I was just about to say the five-year-olds at this current day and age are all, they're born with smartphones in their hand. I don't have any kids, but if you do have kids and you're listening to this, most of them would come up to you asking for a skin on a digital world like Fortnite or Roblox. So the best way to explain it to these kids is that it's the same thing that you're buying in these digital realms, except you actually have ownership over them. So the realms now like Roblox and Fortnite, they have clauses there saying that they can just take these digital assets away from you at any time. But if they were NFTs, you'd have actual ownership over them in the digital realm and you can move them in and out of certain things depending on what the licensors say. For example, a Batman NFT, you could have that and store that in your digital wallet and keep that and potentially even sell that and make money off that. You can kind of do that now with Roblox and Fortnite, but you don't have that ownership which NFTs give to digital assets. Please note, that was not financial advice. So you've actually said in your course, which I do and I love, and we'll talk about that, that you can buy an NFT and it's like an investment for a grandchild. Is that where you see things going? Yeah, well, that's the thing. If you could go back in time and buy the first ever Marvel comic book in the 1930s, I think it was, for like 30 cents, which now sell for up to $1.5 million, I think, you would do that if you could. And if you could go back in time and buy the first Charizard cards for a dollar that are worth now hundreds of thousands of dollars, you'd do the same thing as well. But we don't do that because as human beings, we're very short-sighted and we can't see things until we can reflect upon them just naturally anyway. So I think just having that perspective on like, hey, this is a digital renaissance happening now where we finally have ownership over digital assets for the first time in human history. There's other cases in the past. I think domains technically count as ownership as well, the first ever domains, but this is the first time you can own such a wide array of digital assets, including art, including game assets, including even going to the physical realm. So these assets that we have now in a hundred years time, we'll look back at them and be like, holy crap, that was the beginning of this whole digital renaissance and this digital economy that's about to blossom in the next like 
20, 50, 100 years. So yeah, definitely. I, I definitely look at them as something that I'm going to give down to my grandkids and they can flex to their friends on the schoolyard <laughs> that, hey, my grandfather actually had the first ever Batman NFT and now I have it and now it's worth this much or that much. And they hopefully can build brands and their own personal profiles and companies off just having that clout or that, that brand. Well, you've already set your grandchildren up for <laughs> a, uh, a pretty cruisy experience. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> so you're the founder of NFT for Noobs, which is a massive community of learning and education to onboard people who are new to NFTs. Why did you start this awesome company? That's a good question. So I was in cryptocurrency in 2017, not as a crazy trader, but just as an investor. I was working full time at the time and I really loved the technology itself, but it was too focused on the money side, like these digital currencies go up and down. So I didn't really get into the culture of it. But when I found NFTs in 2020, I was immediately hooked straight away. Like from day one, it was just love at first sight. I didn't stop. I haven't stopped since that day. I'm researching, learning as much as I can about the space because it's it's a whole different form of culture happening all over again. We have digital identities now, which we already have, but you actually have ownership over them. So I was just obsessed with the space and I got into trading from 2020 to 2021 for about a year. Full-time trading, literally like full DJ and there for 12 hours a day in Discord and Twitter. And it was awesome. Like we were very successful in, in trading back then. I call it the golden era, where it was a lot easier than <laughs> it is now. But after doing it for about a year, I realized the space had a lot of problems. And this came with just being early. And it's that echo chamber of like 100,000 people just trading every day, in day in, day out. And they were all on Twitter and Discord. And that's it. Very text-based communities. Most of them were anonymous that didn't want to help other people come into the space. So I found that like the biggest pain point we had in the space was that the lack of education and also the lack of bringing new users into Web3. And so that's why I was like, I'm going to go on platforms completely opposite to what all these influencers on Twitter and projects on Twitter and Discord are doing. And I'm going to go for the video form content. We can actually build a connection with your audience and do content that actually resonates from all the experiences, mistakes, successes that I had from being a trader, pure trader for NFTs for a year. That's how I kind of started. I was just like, I want to be in this space forever. It was just, how am I going to do it? Am I going to do a project? I was like, no, I don't really want to do that. It's more about giving back to the community and trying to help onboard the next 1 million users to Web3 is our slogan we have. Yeah, amazing. I love it. You're such a pioneer. So full respect for that. So you must see a lot of people shift from like, well, what's the point of an NFT to oh my God, this is incredible. I wish I was here earlier. What is that light bulb moment? Like, how would you explain that shift or transformation? That's a really good question. And I think it varies with each consumer because I was a gamer. Like, I still love gaming. Like, I can't touch it now because I just get too obsessed. But I loved gaming throughout my childhood. So the light bulb moment for me was when I listened to a podcast by Animoca's brand's founder. And he spoke about how we don't, like I explained it at the beginning of the podcast, how we don't actually own our digital assets in the games. I've spent a few hundred dollars at that time buying digital skins for my characters to show my digital identity. And it just clicked to me. I was like, wait, I don't actually own these things. So for me as a gamer, it clicked when I realized I can have more utility with these digital assets. But for other people that aren't gamers, it won't click for them in that instance because they don't understand the digital realm or gaming at all. So I think it depends on the consumer as well. So like if you're in real estate, I think it'll click when you realize that NFTs assigned to real estate property can also help streamline your process a lot easier for the consumer, buyer, and everyone in between. And it can be done now in America in the span of, I think, two minutes as a, a company called Proppy where it's all done on the blockchain and you have ownership rights using NFTs when the process is literally cut down by like like days. So I think it depends on what industry you're in and what the background you've had growing up, like the, whatever you've experienced. So those are two examples. It depends on who you are and what you've experienced. NFTs are going to engulf every single industry in the world. Obviously, gaming is where it's focused now and art. 
and it's not really heavily in these other industries yet. But once they do in, infiltrate these other industries and get used for either supply chain management, property rights, birth certificates, all that kind of stuff, then then they'll have the light bulb moment or it'll be forced upon them to the point where they don't have yeah. a choice. We use the internet now, but how many times have new things come up that we've had to be forced to swap into, like updates on your phone or it's just forced upon you. So eventually it will infiltrate the, the system we have now to the point where it's just easier for brands to use or companies to use blockchain or NFTs are more valuable for them as well. So then it'll just become like a thing of overnight, they're just going to have to use it. So the message is get in now. Exactly. <laughs> Through NFT for noobs. <laughs> So, you know, I'm doing your advanced course, yes. which I absolutely love. And Thank this is you. not a paid endorsement, nor is it a sponsorship. <laughs> it is just a true declaration of pure love. And what I love the most beyond the incredible knowledge and insight is your steadfast, 100% absolute conviction in what you're teaching and sharing. What is at the root of that? Back in 2017, I didn't really go hard into crypto. I got invested a fair bit of money, but not as hard because I spoke to everyone around me and everyone kept on saying, like my parents and my friends are like, dude, that's like crazy. Like, what are you doing then? And if I would have just stuck to my guns back then, I would have been really more well off right now as well. I took the same approach with NFTs when I found it in 2020 and I tried to talk to all, like my friends and family about it. They were as supportive as they could be, but you could tell they were like, this dude's crazy. Like, what's he on about again? So I was like, look, I missed out on that opportunity once. I'm not going to do it again. When I started, there wasn't even a board Ape Yacht Club. There was nothing like that. There was no Marvel, no Disney. It was a whole different world and a whole different realm where it was literally just your own conviction. And there's only things on Reddit going around, some things on Twitter, but it was a completely different world. So from going from that, when no one's talking about it to all of a sudden now you got Disney, you got Meta, you got Facebook completely rebranding to Meta in that time. You've got Adidas, you got Nike, all these coming into the space. I've been through the hard yards already of being convicted when no one thought it was a thing to now at least people think it's a thing. I think about fundamentals constantly happening in the background that's positive. I don't even second guess it anymore. It's a thing that's going to happen. I think that comes from perspective as well, like going back to the beginning where if you don't have the perspective or live through a certain time, you're not going to be able to relate or look back on that and try and make another decision that can help with not making that mistake again in another different scenario. Yeah, totally. Speaking of going back in time, if you could go back to 2017 when you entered crypto, what is one piece of advice you would give to that, Josh? The same thing I would have said then, where it's just stay convicted in what you believe in. Like I said, it wasn't really the money that really interested me, but I knew the technology back then, the blockchain, because I have a background in civil engineering. The fundamentals of blockchain really interested me because it's very similar to what I did at university and what I was doing full-time work at that time. So I knew it had a potential, but I just didn't trust myself or trust my gut. So it would just be trust your gut. If you look back in time, like the biggest pioneers or believers or like Steve Jobs, they were innovating in an industry that everyone thought they were crazy in, like Elon Musk. I'm not saying I'm like them, but they believed in something that everyone else didn't believe in to the point where they made it a reality. And it's just because they did the research, they put in the hard yards and they ensured that they were very educated on the topic. And that's it as well. Just being convicted and trusting your gut. Yeah. Awesome. When you reflect on how much the NFT for Noobs community has grown and evolved, what part brings you the most joy? The first six months I did it, I literally would just do videos every day and lock myself in a room. I can see that there's some sunshine near yeah. you now, so things have changed, obviously. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> it was just out of pure passion. Like I said, I, I wanted to be in the space a long time. I didn't care how many followers I had. It was just that as long as I could deliver value, I'm, like this interests me, I'm sure other people will be interested in this topic as well, or at least learning about it. And the biggest thing for me is I want all these people following me, at least a few of them in five years time, 10 years time to come back and be like, dude, thank you so much. 
I've created this company and now we're a unicorn company. Or, dude, thank you so much. I bought this. Now it's worth that and I've sold it and now I can send my kids through college. That's what I really want. And I know it's not a short-term thing, but I just want to have these perspectives and really throw out these ideas to these people living now because it is literally the internet happening again and opportunity is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I want the community to grasp it and really take control of it. And hopefully in, like, like I said, five, ten years' time, we can reflect on it and be like, well, like they're so happy they literally just clicked that one button to follow NFT for noobs and then all the content they got from there sprouted an idea, a concept, and now they're living a really good life or took advantage of this whole this space we're living in right now. When you said it was like the internet back then is happening right now, for anyone who's closed-minded or not exposed or totally not open, what would you say to them? It's like looking back at history, like when I went full into it in 2020, at least 50 times a day, I think, what am I doing? Like, I'm crazy because no one wanted to hear about it. No one wanted to talk to me about it. It was also just lonely as well, trying to do it myself. I went back in history and looked back at how things progressed, what happened in the internet times. And if you go back and type in the internet is a fad, you'll find all these news articles of how everyone literally was making fun of the internet, how it would never be a thing. No one wants a digital uh, website that you visit. Everyone needs physical things. Streaming will never be a thing because we want physical cassettes and CDs and all that. So it was like going back through history and understanding when trying to find similarities. History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. So that's what really helped is going back and looking at these tendencies and, and these things that have reoccurred over time and being able to apply it to this time now where I was like, wait a minute, all these revolutionary ideas were ridiculed for like their first 5, 10, 20 years of inception until the day where it did finally go crazy and then everyone was too late by then because they had already ridiculed it and said no to it and they lost their chance like their opportunity if you could go back in time you'd invest in the uber wouldn't you and you'd invest in a tesla or airbnb but if you think about it at that current time when they would have been created you'd have sat down and be like wait people are going to hop into a random car and that's going to be a thing that'll never be a thing i'll never touch that but because now you've seen it be successful now you can reflect on it like yeah i would have done that but in reality nine times out of ten 99 percent of us would not have done that so just having that perspective and really looking back and not just being so stubborn and short-sighted as to what's happening now, what everyone else thinks. What about the people who are just getting into the world of NFTs and crypto and Web3, and it moves so fast, yeah. like myself included, who can feel really overwhelmed because we feel like we're behind, even though technically, statistically, we would be kind of ahead. You are, yeah. You'd be in the top 1% yeah. of the world right now. Oh, stop yeah, it. You Thank are. you, stop I did, it. I did the numbers a few months ago. <laughs> everyone now that's learning about it is in the top 1% right now. So you're earlier than early. So, earlier than yeah. early thank you but it's still when you're new it's like oh my god there is so much to get my head around exactly yeah that's why we started nft for noobs there are a few pages you can follow but there isn't any like set courses or anything like that that's why we have a free beginners guide that we made as well and the advanced one that you're doing but it is like that the space moves so quickly that both amazing by the <laughs> way sorry to interrupt you <laughs> thank you i appreciate that <laughs> we created nft for noobs because People, they're not going to go to a website. They're going to be on their social media profiles all day. People spend 80% of their day on whether it's through work digitally or socially as well on Instagram, TikTok and stuff. So I definitely recommend following a few pages out there because you're going to naturally stumble across it. So if you do forget about the concepts, it'll be just put in front of your face because you'll be following your friends on TikTok, Instagram, and then boom, all of a sudden, Web3, this, there's an update. And it's usually in digestible bite-sized pieces of content. That's how we do ours. There's other pages out there as well that do very similar. So I definitely recommend following these pages and that's a good first step into it. And then after that, if it does pique your interest and you find ideas that you might want to innovate in in this space, then you can go ahead and do your own research after. But in that way, at least you're forcing yourself to constantly be hit in the face with these daily updates on what's happening in the space and you don't have to go out of your way to do it. Yeah, I love that. 
If someone wants to create a thriving and successful NFT project, what qualities and characteristics would you look for? Yeah, that's a really good question as well. If I'm being completely honest, in my DJ days, you would literally like analyze one to 10 projects a day, like months. And the biggest thing that I can take away from doing that for like a year is that it's really a lot about timing. No matter how good your project is, it can be down to timing and we're in a bear market right now. So it's extremely difficult. The same amount of effort you put into creating a project from start to finish now has to be 10 to 100 times more work you got to put in for it to be as successful as if you were to do it in a bull market. And that's just because there's so much more volume in the bull market and there's so many more people willing to throw money at certain things in the space. At this kind of time, there's so many macroeconomic things happening right now where everyone's in fears of we're in a recession. So they're pulling their money out of safe assets like even stocks and bonds and all that as well. So obviously, NFTs being the newest asset in history, they're going to be the most speculative and they get destroyed the most and lose the most volume. So timing is a big thing. Giving value to your community is a big thing and all the other things like having a good team, having good structure and roadmap. But the overarching thing for me is the timing and understanding that if you're in a bear market, you're going to have to work 10 to 100 times harder to be able to get the same results if you're in a bull market. So you can never time it. You never know when the bull or bear is going to happen, but just be aware of that if you are working on a project. Look at the volume, look at what's happening in the space, get a good understanding of what the morale is as well because if right now it's quite bad. So it might be time for a holiday instead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might be worth just to take it back to the drawing board. You can never be ready to launch a project. Everything is just so new and there's so many things you can innovate with. It might be a good chance now just to reflect on what your goals are and the strategies and the concepts that you do want to capitalize on once you do launch. Now, you flip and you trade very successfully. What is the breakdown between your market knowledge versus your intuition versus your research? And are there any ingredients I've missed? Market knowledge, intuition and research. That's a good point. These are good questions. There is a strategy like I outlined in the advanced guide on how I usually work. And everyone's different, by the way. Like I'm not the perfect trader either. There's other people that have different strategies. I got a lot of success in flipping historical NFTs as well at the time. Just to give you like an example, I realized, like I said at the beginning here, the first OVs, people will just want them. The first art NFT on Ethereum, the first music NFT on Ethereum, the first video NFT on Ethereum, those things identified early. So because Ethereum has been around for a long time, I was getting into projects that had been dead for like since 2017 or 16 was when the first NFTs on Ethereum started. So all you had to do is go back in the blockchain, find these projects, buy into them before everyone else found them and then sell into the volume that would come up. That was the original strategy I had before Board Ape Yacht Club and stuff got created. Before Board Ape Yacht Club, there was no 10K PFP meta, which is when a project launches, you know there's 10,000 or 5,000 of them and you're just going to try and buy one of them and flip them. That wasn't a thing. It was more about buying certain pieces of artwork or buying a piece from an artist that you think will be the next big artist of our renaissance we're living in now. It was more of like a vibe like that. So to be able to shift with that is, is a huge skill I think you need to understand. I refuse to shift from my original flipping into that Board Ape Yacht Club could be a thing. So I could have minted Board Ape Yacht Club like seven times. I remember I was sitting on the website in this room seven times. And I remember everyone was talking about it, but because I was so stuck in my old ways of like, I, it's a good thing as well, because that means you don't fall for crazy trades or make really silly degen mistakes. But I was like, I'd never seen a 10K PFP project before besides CryptoPunks. And this was super, super risky. But it's also understanding that that could potentially have potential as well in the space. And it did. Board Ape Yacht Club is the biggest project right now. So I think it's a mixture of everything. There isn't a right or wrong answer. And like you said, the space moves so quickly that I've just learned that you can't stick to one thing the whole time and be open to other things that might come across that might get some volume as well in the space without being completely new as well. You mentioned 5,000, 10,000. Why are drops commonly so big? 
teams just do it. Depends on what team you are. If you're just a complete scammer, which I think 80% of the projects that launch are kind of like that, they just do it to just try and capitalize on how much money they can make without making it too crazy so people get catch on to their scam. But the ones that do have a legitimate team and legitimate project and, and roadmap, it would be based around how much money they would need to run the project. So if they want to build a game, obviously games need millions of dollars or a metaverse or something like that. They need millions and millions. So they'd usually base their mint price to try and get to that point where they want to raise a certain amount of money. And so it can be like 5,000 NFTs at $200 each, or they can do 10,000 NFTs at $100 each. They will raise the same amount of money, but it just varies. So there's no right or wrong answer with that. But there's also exclusivity. So if you're, for example, Moonbirds, which is one of the bigger projects right now. It's because the main guy, Kevin Rose, people just want access to him and his network. So he started off with two ETH, which is a crazy, but people were buying it because they want to be a part of his network, which if you're a normie, you might not be able to tap into his network and get all these opportunities from being friends with his friends from now on. So there's, they're like two reasons why. There's, there's dozens of other reasons why the, the prices change or they raise certain amounts of money, but they're two main reasons. How many times do people say to you, why would someone spend hundreds and thousands yeah. of dollars on a digital aid? Yeah. <laughs> What's the most common iteration yeah. of that question that you get? And what is your answer? I refuse now to, to argue in public. The last time I did it, it's just the guy <laughs> kept on coming back and he just kept on coming back. And it was just like, dude, like, I get it. I understand you don't like it and it, you don't think it's going to be a thing. That's cool. Like, do your thing. But check back with me in three to five years time and we can talk. So I just explained to them what I said at the beginning where it's like just the internet kind of happening again and there's this new economy and this new environment that's going to happen digitally now where you have ownership. And then I use the examples like how you don't actually own the games and all your characters in Fortnite. You don't actually own anything digitally at all. Like there's no ownership there. The people that do get it, then they follow and they ask more questions. But you can tell some people just don't want to get it and they refuse and they just want the confrontation. So right now I, I refuse to do public confrontations or explanations <laughs> there unless it's like where we were at, where people actually understand what's going on. <laughs> You're like, no, sign up, yeah. do not discuss NFTs unless you like them. Exactly. It's just too much effort. <laughs> what are you most excited for in the world of NFTs? What is like the next big thing? My prediction, and I could be wrong here, is that looking at the numbers, there's only about a million of us that have one NFT in our wallet. So I don't think a million people would be trading actively right now. I'd say they'd just be like around 50,000 to 100,000 max, especially in this bear market. I know what it's like buying your first NFT. And the, the entrance drug is always the, the PFP. So I think PFPs will have another run in the next bull market once all this macroeconomic situation dies down and we do have a run with Bitcoin and Ethereum and then NFTs will run after that. We could see more people come into the space that are more normies and beginners and they could be attracted to the art because it's just the easiest thing for normies to understand. So I think that'll happen first and then the same thing will happen. A lot of people will get scammed, blah, 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 blah. And then people leave, and the, but the space will get bigger and bigger every time that happens until we hit a spot where I think one of these play-to-earn games will go mainstream. I think that'll be a really big turning point where a game really gets it right. They, they design a game that's not a Ponzi scheme or not fun. Like Axie Infinity is, is pretty much a job. All the play-to-earn games now are jobs. Like People do it because they want to earn money. They're not doing it because they love the game and they want to play it for fun. Once you do have a game that is for fun and then they realize they have all these blockchain capabilities and NFT capabilities and a whole ecosystem, you can trade, earn money, all that. And that goes viral and kids leave school to do this full time because they can actually earn money and that goes viral and it's all over the news. Then I think everyone will start clicking on again and that'll be the beginning of really what's going to really push the next wave again. But that's just a prediction I have. It could be completely wrong. But I think that's the easiest concepts for these normies and beginners to understand. 
By normies, you mean muggles? Yeah, like muggles. Yeah, the people that aren't in the space pretty much. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so now it's time for my two favourite sections. Myth busting. What is one of the biggest myths around NFTs and how can you totally bust it right now as not being true? The biggest one, I think we've mentioned it a few times, is that you can right-click save an NFT and you own it. That's not true. If you right-click save an NFT, you have the image, but you don't have the rights to the image. For example, like when you go walk into a house and you buy the house, you get assigned like a contract that you sign that proves ownership over that house. Your friends, your family can come to the house, take photos of it and post it all over social media and say, hey, this is my house, I just bought it. But in reality, you know you're the owner because you have the contract associated to that house. It's the same thing where if people screenshot your NFT and they post it on social media, they don't have the token, which is the NFT that assigns ownership of that image that you actually own. So it's the same concept there where if you don't have the token, you don't have the ownership over that digital asset. Stay safe from scams. What's the best advice you can share to help people stay safe in the world of NFTs? Don't FOMO and degen into anything, especially if you're brand new. There's so many scams out there in the space. It's actually frightening how many scams there are right now just because we're so early that a lot of beginners fall for. So if you see things that might be sus in your gut instinct is saying this isn't right or doesn't feel right, definitely don't do it. Reach out to me. My socials are always open. If you think something's scam, just send me a photo, send me a video, and I can just tell you straight up, that's a scam. I've seen that everywhere or that's not a scam. That's legit. If you're ever feeling that something's off, just stop, do a bit of research. If it's still off, then definitely don't do it and just maybe reach out to someone that knows more about the space. You're such a legend. <laughs> Your DMs will be filled with yeah, <laughs> queries about, is this a scam? Thank you so much for joining me. I love your insights. Again, your conviction, there's just like this level of passion and I just love how much you love it because the passion just oozes out. So thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it, Jordana. It's awesome. Thank you for having me. Wow, what an awesome episode. I love Joshua's insight and knowledge. What an absolute treat. Thanks to everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of That's So Meta. To find out more about Joshua and NFT for Noobs, you can find all of the links to his social accounts and his website in the show notes below. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a rating and a review. As a brand new podcast, it would mean the absolute metaverse to me. That would be wonderful. To see video content and other fun snippets from our interview, please come and say hi to me across my social media accounts, all of which are listed below in the show notes. And thank you again so much for your time. I'll see you next episode.